Hello and welcome to Mavs Daily presented by the Dallas Morning News, where every day of the week we are breaking down a question, event, news, or trend. My name is Bobby Carell. I'm from Mavs Digital. And joining me here at the end of it all, at the end of the world, is Eddie Sefko. What's up, Eddie? Oh, man. You know, just a bittersweet day. The, the season's over. Uh, we're already on day one of the 2020, 2021 season, uh, ready to get that rolling. Well, maybe not ready, to get, but, uh, you know, it, it was a, it was a crazy and let's hope once in a lifetime kind of season for the NBA and the Mavericks. 312 days passed between opening night against the Washington Wizards and game six of the first round against the LA Clippers. And so this really was a year. Whenever you say, whenever you say what a year, you really mean like six, seven months, but no, this was a full year of basketball. And at times it really felt like it. And so there is a lot to talk about and and we got all season or all off season to talk about it. And really there's, there's no set date for uh, the NBA to come back after the season is over. And so we might have a long time to think about it, but we'll see whenever, whenever we get there. Um, but just first, you know, Mavs fall one eleven to ninety seven. I think is your final score uh, in Game Six. Not that really the final score mattered that much. Kawhi just turned it on in the fourth quarter, and and that was that. And and the Mavs just couldn't couldn't hold serve. So, um, just your, Eddie, your thoughts about Game Six and about kind of the whole series. And and I, I don't know. In some ways, Game Six was almost a microcosm of the whole series. But uh, you know, they're they're just. What, what, how, how are you feeling as we're 24 hours removed from, from everything coming to an end? Well, the number one thing I take away from it is that uh, you, you got to commend the Mavericks for some incredible fight and heart. Uh, you know, they, they were not, they, they got beat by a better team. And, and the, one of the reasons why the Clippers were the better team in this series is um, the injuries. I mean, you can't lose your, second best player uh, who was playing quite well uh, when, when this series started and uh, you know, expect to not feel it. I mean, Christoph Porzingis was uh, giving the, the Clippers a lot of problems uh, in that first game. And even when, this, when he was hurt playing on that knee in the second and third game. So uh, when you lose that uh, it's asking, an awful lot of a team that's already shorthanded Dwight Powell and already shorthanded Jalen Brunson. Um, the, you know, when you're missing that many of your your key rotation players, uh, two starters and, and, and a, a really important uh, uh, backup guard, you know, you're just fighting an uphill battle. I don't care what team you are. I mean, if you take away, uh, you, you know, Paul George and, and uh, you know, uh, Montrez Harrell and, and Pat Beverly, and that you know, it, the Clippers would feel it. You know, they would not be the same team. So, uh, kudos to the Mavs for playing. Really, just as hard as they could play, they pushed the, the the team that some people think have a really good shot at winning the title to six games. Uh, they had it within six points with nine minutes to play. Uh, couldn't uh, couldn't make any headway from there, as you said, Kawhi just. Too much Kawhi. He turned it on. Got some help from Reggie Jackson. Uh, you know, down the stretch, they the the Clippers kind of put their foot on the on the accelerator and and uh, and just went from there. So, uh, you know, the season's over. 
what are we going to do now? We're, we're going to, we're going to, I don't think the Mavericks are going to sit around and, and mope and, and say, what was us? Uh, I think everybody's very, very excited about uh, the future of this, uh, of this team. From local high schools to the pros, the Dallas Morning News has got North Texas sports covered. And it's more than just the scores. From all the off-season moves to in-season adjustments and maybe even postseason glory, we certainly hope so around here, the DMN has got the inside scoop on your favorite teams, players, and coaches. You follow every goal, save, bucket, and touchdown as the Dallas Morning News delivers real local sports journalism from the press box and locker room straight to your inbox. Head to dallasnews.com slash sports now or preferably after the podcast, but either way, definitely check out what uh, Brad Townsend, Callie Kaplan, and the rest of the Demon gang has for you there. Yeah, and, and there are no, especially in the playoffs, you know, you can talk yourself into it during an 82-game season, but in the playoffs, there's no such thing as a moral victory. But, you know, I think everybody could kind of tell based on just the tones of our voices how we expected the series to go as we were previewing it a couple weeks ago. Uh, and, you know, obviously everybody nationally and everything. I mean, this was this is a pretty universal uh, pick of a, uh, as kind of a, a Clippers domination, but it was really anything but that. I mean, L.A. did have double-digit leads in, I believe, every game except for one in this series. But uh, also, I think every game was in single digits at one point during the fourth quarter except for game five. So, like, we're talking a, a series that was pretty close uh, throughout and really yesterday, I mean, the Clippers were they started each quarter 7 0, except for the fourth. They went on a 7 0 run to start the first, the second, and third. And so that's a 21 0 run at one point. And to still be in that game at the very end really speaks volumes. But uh, yeah, I mean, it just kind of was illustrative of the gap, I guess, between the Mavs and the Clippers. But it's a gap that's closing very quickly. Like you said, playing without KP really put them behind the eight ball a little bit. And I think I uh, committed the the sports jinx of the century whenever right before tip off, I was like, Tim Hardaway's had a really, really good series. And then he goes out and has probably his worst shooting game of the year. And so, you know, I, it, a little bit of it was my fault too, Eddie, I'm afraid to admit, but um, yeah, I mean, just, you know, couldn't keep up with them, but that's why they're the title favorites. And now it's, in, it's, you know, the onus is on the Mavs to, to catch up to them. But one thing that I also felt like we kind of learned and, you know, this is something I think we all suspected, especially watching the guy for however many games he played this year was, you know, in a series that featured Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Um, there were many times throughout this series where neither of those guys was the best player on the floor. And uh, the guy I'm talking about, of course, is Luca, who was just sensational, man. I mean, from from where you sit, you've seen a lot of playoff basketball. You've covered a lot of great, great players, not just in Dallas. You covered Hakeem Olajuwon. I mean, you and Charles Barkley. You've covered a lot of the best players uh, of of our kind of our lifetime. Um, how, how do you evaluate Luca's first playoff series? Well, let me let me just say one thing. First of all, Bobby, you don't have that, that much power to influence Tim Hardaway. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know. You can, <laughs> mind if you want to but you know uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, agree to disagree on that one so anyway uh, I guess I should thank you for that so it's not my fault it's not my yeah fault. don't 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 beat yourself up over that one uh, okay. all right Luca my goodness where do you start uh, the guy I mean think back just think back well, now it's almost two and a half years ago when he showed up on in draft night, and the Mavericks got him and made the trade, gave up a pretty significant amount to, to move up two spots in the draft to get 
Luca, and, and we didn't really know anything about this guy. I mean, we really were flying blind and flying on the on the knowledge of, of Donnie Nelson and Mark Cuban and Rick Carlisle and the scouting staff, which uh, poured a lot of hours into, you know, making sure that they knew what this guy was all about. And now we look back and say, wow, thank goodness they went out on that limb and then and, and took that chance because uh, not that Trey Burt, um, excuse me, not that uh, 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 Trey, Trey Young. Burt, Trey Young, sorry, I was drawing a blank there. <laughs> it's been a long season, Eddie. It's been a long season. No, too much Trey Burke. Uh, That's that true. Trey Young is, uh, is, is, is not a great player. He, he's got a chance to be a superstar, too. But we all see what Luke is doing. With, uh, darn near averaging a triple-double in the, in the bubble. And, and, you know, uh, he's 21 years old. This, is, this, is, this cat is not anywhere close to his, uh, you know, to where he's going to be in his prime. Uh, he said the interesting thing to me was that he said when the thing was over, uh, somebody asked him what you know, you know, what he wants to bring back next year with an addition to his game, and he said everything, but mainly shooting. That's the one thing he's got to to uh, to work on in the off season. He needs to get in the gym and hoist up a thousand shots a day. Uh, maybe not right away. Take a week or so. Go sit on a yacht somewhere, decompress. But at some point, when you get back in the gym. Uh, sit out there, uh, have uh, have your girlfriend or your dog shagging balls for you. Get 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 out there and just start nailing three pointers again and again and again. Because uh, I mean, with his moves to the basket, he's going to get so many open looks next year. I mean, on the on the perimeter, they're going to you know the step back. Uh, it, it, there's too many weapons in his arsenal to, to sit around and say, well, we can we can drop off of him you know, on the perimeter just because we don't think he can shoot more than 32% from three-point range. Yeah, I mean, you got to be – you got to hit better than that, right? I mean, he was, what, 31.8% this season or something like that? I mean, that's – this is not good enough for, for someone who takes as many as he does. He's shooting eight, nine a game. Uh, but I feel like the the big sort of – you know, I, I feel like he's a fine shooter. Like, his shot looks good, especially whenever he's having a good game. But it's the it's the curse of the young player, right? It's game to game consistency. Like he'll go out and hit four out of eight, and then the next day he'll be like one for eleven, and zero oh for six, and then he'll be three for seven, but then he'll be two for nine, and you know just be just a little more consistent in that regard, I guess. And that'll naturally, I guess, increase your percentage if you're not having stinkers once a week or something. But um, yeah, the the three point shooting and the free throw shooting, I'm sure, are are two things that. You know, they're eating up every every fan's feelings right now. You know, it's it's tough to find too many flaws on Luca, but those are two kind of big ones. And and so I guess, you know, from our perspective and from a fan's perspective, it's good to hear that he's willing to say, like, yeah, that's something I do have to get better at. Yeah, and uh, I looked up in the uh, in the first half at some point, uh, and he was two of five at the free throw line. I mean, that that, that that's not in a in a key playoff game. Now, those are free points that you're giving away. And by the way, didn't you like the the seldom seen four to make three free throw? That was awesome. I mean, that, it, no, I can't remember ever seeing that. Uh, <laughs> four, but but uh, you know, people that are way older than you would have you that you, you wouldn't even know what I'm talking about. But back in the day, they had three to make two in the in the league, and 
that, that was that was back when uh, it was a different lifetime. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Players were not exactly a, uh, the the ultimate physical specimens that they are now because they did a lot of crazy things back in those days. Uh, but but it was still a, it was a fun part of the game. We could uh, get fouled and go into there, and you had three chances to make two. That uh, I kind of miss those days. Really, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the on-court so, aspect or the off-court aspect? Uh, uh, well, uh, uh, <laughs> maybe maybe a little bit of both. Maybe a little yeah, bit of both. Probably, but uh, we we both digress. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the big thing about Luca is. Thank goodness. I mean, uh, we don't know where he's, his career is going to go from here, but it, it's off to such a spectacular start statistically. And and he did what they uh, what was the, the, the preseason goal, make the playoffs. They did that with ease. I mean, it wasn't like they squeaked in. They were uh, solidly in the in the running for a four five or six seed up until the last uh, the last week. Uh, and they ended up seventh. Uh, but now it was, it was good to hear him say that now the every year the same goal will apply from here on out, win a championship. Uh, and and uh, we all know this team uh, over, overachieved a little bit this year, uh, but now the, the stakes rise, the pressure goes up, you're not going to catch anybody by surprise. You've got to find a way to go from uh, whatever they were on pace for this year, 45, 6, 7, 8 wins. you got to get up into the 50s, and you got to get higher in the standings, because sooner or later, there will be home court advantages in the playoffs someday. We hope next season. Uh, so uh, you make your life as simple as possible in the postseason by taking care of the regular season. And, uh, and, and you know, part of it's on the, the management as well. They're going to have to fill in some obvious holes on this team. I mean, everybody said they should bring in a uh, – well, and I've got an opinion on this. They, everybody said they should bring in a kind of a protector or a tough guy for Luca, and, and I, I think that's okay as long as it's a good rebounder to go, you know, in the same package. Uh, and you always need shooting. But uh, uh, I've got the perfect kind of player for him, if you want to hear it. All right. Well, Maverick fans aren't going to like it, but they need Marcus Morris. <laughs> <laughs> That's who they need. If he's on your team, you love him. And uh, he is a bleep stir, if you know what I mean. Uh, he is absolutely a, a guy who doesn't have any uh, any conscience about, you know, going out there and being a being a meanie. You know, he's just out there, you know, making life miserable for the opponent. And he did for Luca. And by the end of it, Luca said, I don't have any time for this guy. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to hear from him. And, uh, and and good for him. That's the way you have to be with those kind of guys when they're on the other team. But if he was on Lucas' team, I bet you he'd kind of like it. So uh, I'm not saying go get that particular player, but somebody of that ilk would be uh, would be very welcome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, like you said, maybe not him specifically, but you know there are there are a lot of guys. Well, not a lot, but there are not him specifically. Yeah, <laughs> but somebody. Uh, like like yeah. That. Yeah. There, there are a lot of guys in the league that can give you that sort of impact. And and I'm there with you. I mean, you know, the famous Rick Carlisle quote, they can't all be milk drinkers. You know, you kind of need to to introduce a little bit of chaos and a little bit of toughness at times to sort of 
shift the mood of games. Think like Salah Mejri, for example. Same sort of thing, different position, but when he was on the floor, you definitely knew that he was on the floor because, like, someone was going to get mad, you know? So, uh, so sometimes that can be a healthy thing to introduce in the team, but that, that quote from Luca that you said, um, where he said, basically, the only thing that matters now, like, my only goal from here on out is to win the championship – uh, that does apply a little bit of pressure to himself, to his teammates, to the organization, to the front office and everything. And so you said one thing that they can do to, to, to win the championship is, you know, just win more games, get home court, um, because a first round exit next year is not going to be considered acceptable in the same way that this one was. Uh, another one is to add more talent. Um, but what I, this, this is a really like dumb question. What will it take for them to win a championship? But do you think that it's realistic and do you think that it's kind of um the right time to shift to that mindset what what is the we've always talked about this thing as like two or three years from now is when their window opens but in some ways seeing Luca competing against Kawhi the way that he did makes you think well maybe the window can be open next season but next season you got Steph coming back you know next season the Wolves are going to be a little better the Grizzlies are going to be better the Pelicans are going to be better like the West is not getting any easier Eddie um, so is it realistic to think this thing could be at that level next season or do we need to, to hold our breath a little bit or, or what do you, what, how, how do you kind of evaluate that situation? Well, from my point of view, I think you said, when does that progression start to get to where, yeah, let's, we're thinking championship, everything. I think it's already happened, Bobby. I, I, I think it's already there. Uh, I remember back at the courageous conversation event back before the bubble was even uh, really a, a thing, nobody even thought it might happen. Uh, Donnie Nelson, I was talking to him, and he said, hey, you know, who knows? Let's get this thing started. Let's figure out a way to have this bubble, and maybe we can steal one. Because that was the, the mindset going in, is that, you know, in a crazy year like this, when there's no home court advantage, there's none, none of this stuff in the, in the playoffs, you know, they were thinking already that, you know, if things break right, and, you know, they can surprise the Clippers. Then then your road gets really uh, easier after that if you can beat that team. And, you know, again, with the court, with Porzingis, they, you know, who knows what would have happened. They may still have lost the series, but it would have been fun to watch and find out. But, yes, to, 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 to answer the question, uh, they have to have that mentality now going forward. Plain and simple, no ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, I fully expect to hear Mark Cuban at uh, some point in the next uh, six months say that, you know, you know, there's, you know, one winner and everybody else ties for lap because uh, that's, you know, that's the kind of mindset they had with Dirk. Uh, and it took them a few years to get there. I'm not saying it's going to happen next year, but you've got to start with that mentality and then figure out a way to, to give yourself the best chance. They're going to go out. You know they're going to add pieces to this team. There's going to be some changes. Uh, it's an upgrade business. You're, you know, they're going to try to get a better shooter at, at shooting guard. They're going to try to get a better uh, a rebounder on the front line. They're going to try to do all those things while preserving the guys that they really like. You know, the Seth Currys, the Maxi Klebers, uh, Dorian, and those guys. I think there's a spot for those guys on this team. But, uh, you know, their roles may change next year. We don't know. So, uh, I, but it's going to be, the onus is on really everybody, you know, and I'm going to put Luca at the top all the way down. 
then to Mark Cuban, and then to Donnie Nelson, and then to Rick Carlisle. You know, that, that, and Luca won't shy away from that. If you told him that's the, the level of, of, the, of the pressure coming down from the top on down, and you're the one at the top, he'd say, yeah, I'm okay with that. So uh, let's see what they can do with it. it it's going to be a really a short off season uh, from all indications. I mean, this thing will be back in sometime probably in December. Uh, so, I mean, we're only talking uh, two or three months, and, they, and less than that when, by the time the playoffs are over. So uh, no time to rest for, for anybody in the organization. And I'm really excited to see what that shift in mindset, uh, what kind of impact that has on Luca's game, not only from the sense of, you know, he needs to take um, improvement just as seriously as he always has. I mean, because let's face it, he came back in the bubble with a much better dribble drive game. I mean, that was, it was, he was at a different level in the bubble. And so if he can apply that same sort of aggressive improvement approach or whatever to his jump shot, then, you know, he might see some better results there, but more importantly, I'm excited to see what impact that has on the way that he approaches crunch time and the way that he approaches defense because he was defending like a madman in the bubble. You know, he was still getting beat. He wasn't the, the perfect defender, but uh, there was a noticeable difference in the the level of intensity that he brought to that end of the floor in the bubble, including in the seeding games and especially in the seeding games, frankly, um, to where if he is able to get his – his body and his mind in a place where he can play with that level of force on the defensive side for 82 games, then they're going to be better than 18th on defense because he just, well, he won't be a weak link anymore. And, you know, I'm not trying to disrespect the guy, but that's kind of what he was during the regular season for the most part, because he's trying to conserve his energy for offense, but he was defending with the best of them in the bubble. He was awesome. He was guarding Kawhi in the first half of game six and Kawhi started like two for six from the field. I mean, Luca can hold his own whenever he's really engaged, especially down low, especially around the rim. I mean, he's a he can be a very interesting defensive player. And so if he if his goal is championship or bust, then that means that he takes every possession five percent more seriously, and that can make the difference between being 18th on defense and being 12th on defense and being the number one offense in the league and being really, 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 really the number one offense in the league. I mean, we're talking like minuscule improvements, but that can make a huge difference over the course of an 82 game season. And that's just from one player. There's 14 other guys on the roster, but like you said, your best players at the top of this thing, you will go as far as, as he's able to take you. Yeah. And I was, while you were talking there, I was trying to think, what players do we think of when when we think of Luca? Do, do, do we draw any comparisons yet with him and anybody else? And I'll, I'm going to confess, even though I was around a long time ago, I don't really remember Oscar Robertson's game that much. Uh, but they're similar build and size, or at least in terms of height. And I don't just don't remember or recall how Oscar played the game. But I'm trying to think of guys that, that play it similarly to how Luca plays it. And, and I'm just, you know, I can't come up with anybody off the top of my head. It's the uh, guy, the guy who wears the headband in LA. I mean, that's, that's it really. It's LeBron. And, and Luca does share that strength with him. They, they are, but they both get by and now LeBron's quicker, obviously, but uh, they do, kind of their first calling card is they'll beat you with first of all their smarts and 
taking them all their strength, uh, you know, and and because when that when they get an angle on you, when they get an inch, the right angle, you're done. You got no chance of stopping either one of them. And they and they can pick uh, out any open player on the floor from anywhere they are. I mean, that, they have the, some of the best vision that I've ever seen. Yes, I agree, and that's the smarts that come in. They got, and I'll go back to the. It was game one or two or something like that in the, against the Clippers, and Luca uh, got in the got in the grinder in there in the paint and was was against some some guys, and there was no way he was going to get the shot off. He fired that pass to the corner, and there was nobody there. And he went right over to I believe it was either Maxi or Dorian. I can't remember. He went right over there and said, "Why weren't you the years? You know, he was two or three steps over to the up toward the free throw." line extended instead of being in the corner he says you're got that's my spot to throw the ball to in that situation why weren't you there and sure enough they didn't make that mistake so uh just having a system like that where you know everything like the back of you know seeing it out of the back of your head you don't have to look over in the corner you know that's where your 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 guy is and you know he's open because there's seven guys in there in the paint trying to stop you from scoring so uh I, I think the the system is being tailored specifically for Luca, and I think he's now figured it out. That, you know, this is this is going to work. They'll get they'll get a few more pieces, and uh, I, you know, I can't be more excited really for where this thing is. Uh, you know, and, and and really very impressed with the way they they handled this season. Because and by the way, let's hope we never have another one like it. Yeah. In in every single way imaginable, let's hope that none of this ever happens again. Um, still fun though, and still memorable. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm good with just having a normal 82 next year, and and uh, hoping that everyone's able to stay safe through it all. Um, all right, Eddie. Any any final any final thoughts or special whatever takes before we get out of here? There will what? be more Mavs daily, so you'll have more chances to 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 spread some wisdom, but. Any any final things before we uh, before we pack up? Well, I I, I appreciate that, and yes, let's, let's not uh, just because the season's over doesn't mean things stop spinning. This uh, there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen and, and fairly quickly. So uh, I I do think uh, let's not forget the Mavericks have a draft pick. You know they they they've got uh, you know some some. Some ways to improve this team. Obviously, that that the Donnie and Mark are never afraid to make trades. Free agency is going to be a thing. Uh, they've got a little money to spend, not a lot, but they've got enough. And uh, you know, my my gut feeling uh, is that there's going to be two new starters in this lineup next year. It's wow. going to be. These starters. I mean, I don't know who they're going to be. I don't know where they're coming from. Uh, but I, I just got a feeling that there's going to be uh, a couple of new pieces that are going to be. And and uh, I shouldn't say stars, but but uh, one of them may be a sixth name. But but there are going to be new pieces to this puzzle, uh, and that's going to be fun to see who and, and where they come from. Uh, for that, I think we all deserve to just kind of exhale and remember this season because a lot happened to make this team uh, legitimate again. You know, they're relevant. 
you know, and, and they weren't, even with Luca in his rookie season, everybody knew how talented he was and one rookie of the year, but they really weren't relevant, relevant last season. Uh, so now they are. And everybody next, whenever preseason is next season, uh, is going to have this team solidly in the playoffs. And, and who knows that some people will be picking them as dark horse uh, challengers to the, the Clippers and the Lakers and, and whoever else, you know, makes big moves, Denver or, or uh, you know, who knows. Uh, there's lots of good teams, like you said, that are up and coming. There are going to be a few that slip, uh, Bobby Carroll. I will also say that. Don't be surprised if Houston takes a big step back or uh, if, if it's Sacramento, which started to make some strides, maybe they fall apart again. I mean, just, you know, there are going to be some teams that that uh, that just by, na- by nature, maybe by bad luck, but uh, have the same quality next year. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch it all shake loose. And, uh, you know, congrats to the Mavericks. Uh, they did what they wanted to do this year. Uh, not the ultimate goal, but a good, but a good start. Yeah, absolutely. Here's to a great season, Eddie. And uh, here's to many more. How about that? Many, many more. Hopefully uh, at least 20 more with Luca. I'm keeping my expectations low, but we'll see. Um, well, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it, Eddie, as always. And, and thank you out there for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and uh, maybe leave a nice little review uh, on, on your podcast platform of choice. Share with your friends, and uh, we will be back with you here very soon, maybe even tomorrow on Mavs Daily. 